Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. So excited to tell you some news that we have. So we've heard your feedback and <laughs> we are listening. Just know. I hope you know that. So Danae and I have done a bunch of week-long intensive retreats and we've gotten a lot of you reaching out saying, oh, it's so long. Can you do it shorter? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, feels like it's a lot of time to get away for some of you and we totally get that. So we've decided to do a condensed version of our retreats and we're going to bring it to you in a weekend. Yeah. You know what I love about this is we go to Idlewild, California pretty frequently and it feels like a retreat escape like into the woods and just like almost like summer camp. It's so much fun. And I love that we decided to sort of merge the work that we do in these intensive experiences with the fun that we have in Idlewild and um, just like being out in this like really beautiful setting together. Totally. So I'm actually going to invite y'all into my home and we are going to have it at my house in my beautiful setting in Idlewild, California, July 14th through 16th. We're going to have a small number of spaces because it is going to be a more condensed version and there's less space than these giant ones that we usually do. So get on it if you're interested. But you know, you know what to expect. If you're listening to this, you know what Danae and I love to talk about. So there'll be <laughs> you all know the good how things. We do. You know how we do. <laughs> Codependency recovery, um, interdependence, shadow work. Yes. 
all the things that we love to talk about at nauseum, but we're giving you an opportunity to dive in those deep waters with us and like really get in it in a pretty condensed weekend immersive. Yeah. So if you're interested, there is a longer, more detailed explanation of what to expect uh, at the link in both of our bios, either of our bios. So get on it, y'all. It's going to sell out quick July 14th through 16th in Idlewild, California. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. We're going to do a little Q&A session today, yeah? Yay. Yay. You want to read it? You have it. (laughs) We're literally like, who wants to read it? it? You want me to do Um, it? I had it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I think I've got it. Um, Someone sent the question, I've gained a lot of weight rapidly, struggling, but my partner constantly complaining about it. He said, oh, look how skinny you were in that old photo. I'd be so proud of you if you looked like that. Mm. Oh, (sighs) yeah. What are your thoughts? You know, um, first of all, like I I just have, I think the visceral reaction when you hear a question like that is always like, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) like mm -hmm. my fangs sort of come out in like a little bit of a protective mode because I know that that's such a hard space to be in when we're already um, really struggling with how we feel about ourselves and our bodies. And, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm like going back to myself as a woman, um, right after I had a baby and, you know, I had a 10 pound baby. So I gained a lot of weight right after I had my kiddo. And, um, I was unbelievably fortunate in the fact that I was with someone at the time who was so unbelievably, you know, like supportive and you look amazing and stop it. Like, you know, like just focus on like feeling strong and like just the ideal human to be in that space with. And I also, um, I think it's just really hard to feel so unbelievably disconnected from yourself and all of that self-loathing and have someone, um, not meeting you in that, that supportive space when you're already being so hard on yourself, I guess is like my visceral reaction. And obviously I know that our thoughts and the question, it's more complex than that, I guess is my point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've heard some variation of this kind of question a lot. Um, and actually I feel like John has too, cause I've heard him answer this question when he's like answering Q and A's. Um, it feels like this is something that people struggle with. And I, mm. I mean like a lot and I, and I wonder you know, before we start recording, you were saying something about like it being bigger than that. And I wonder sometimes too, if it's, I mean, sure, there's like the quote unquote shallow side of it, which is like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not as attracted to you anymore because you've gained weight. But also as somebody who was in a relationship with somebody who let themselves go, and there was a lot of, to your point, I see it now. I didn't see it then. It was really connected to like depression and self-loathing and um, just not feeling connected to themselves, right? But ultimately on the outside, what do you see? Like you see the weight gain, you know? Um, But it's hard because there's also like an I'm worried about you kind of perspective, right? Um, And I, I do think if I remember that is kind of how I used to approach it and it was genuine, but I used to approach it like that with my partner. Like I'm worried about you because it's like essentially your outsides are starting to match your insides, right? Mm. And like to me, that's showing like 
what are we going to do about this? Right? Like, are, are we going to continue to sit in this or are we going to, you know, go to therapy? You know, for him, it was like, go to AA, <laughs> like do some work. Um, because I don't know how much longer this can go on. And it's really tough to be in a space also on the receiving end as that, like as the partner, because you have to be so delicate and you have to be so careful in how you say it. Cause you don't want to make it seem like you're like, ew, you're fat. Cause that's not what it was. Right. It was really more like, Hey, I see you're struggling and I want to be supportive for you. Um, but at least in my situation, he was very like, I don't need your help. And then it just kept getting worse. Right. And so that's tough. You know, there's something Jay Shetty always doesn't love like this. And I feel like it's like a variation of what John says around like seek to understand. But he says, mm -hmm. like, in our partnerships, our job is to be, um, what does he say? An um, investigator, not an interrogator. And I think mm. there's a way that, like, when we're looking at someone and from the external, we're seeing something that we believe needs to change. Mm -hmm. And we come at them with the energy of what are we going to do about this? inevitably that is going to elicit a sense of defensiveness in that person around like where I am is wrong. And, you know, it's like, I'm on the outside looking at you and you need to fix what's happening mm -hmm. versus the space of like, how do you feel about where you are? How are you feeling? Like, what are you feeling about like life and <laughs> the space that you're in and what you've got going on? Because I agree with you and the point you're making that I think that it is like, and certainly when I was in that space after having a baby, like I couldn't at the time see it, but with some mm. distance, I do think that there was like some postpartum depression mm -hmm. that was connected to um, the extent to which I just like, you know, I would go to yoga and I just like couldn't be in the space of like wanting to be in my body in the way that mm. I used to. And I felt so defeated. And um, I just think if someone had said something to me about where I was in a way of like, you need to get yourself together. I just think it would have like elicited so much more defensiveness totally. and I would have felt um, just like really shamed. Whereas it like, you know, I think there's something in like, well, what do you, what do you want? What's happening for you? Like the inquiry around mm -hmm. like how you're feeling about this, I think just holds space with like, I don't have an agenda. I'm just like, you know, curious about where you are in your process, you know? Yeah. I think what's interesting too is that so now I'm in a partnership where both of us feel very strongly about um, like the importance of taking care of self, not just for yourself, but also like for your partner. And that physical is included in that, but more so that comes out of like the mental and emotional, right? Um, hmm. And I, I, I value that so much because of the situation I had been in. And again, it doesn't, for me anyway, it doesn't necessarily, it's not just like, oh, the physical, like, John, make sure you look hot. Like, it's not that. It's just because it's all connected, right? It, we both, and we've like made a promise to each other that if we're in a bad place, like we're going to communicate it and we're going to come to the other person for support rather than internalize it and then get to the place where we're like so down that it's hard to like get out of that tunnel, right? Um, and this isn't to like blame that person for maybe struggling by any means, but I know that maybe because him and I had these experiences in past relationships, we, we feel very strongly about being like, I'm here and I want you to lean on me. I don't want you to ever feel like you've got to do this alone and like get to the point where it's almost hard to get out of the quicksand. Um, and I think that that's, those are the kind of conversations we should actually be having as partners going in, you know, I mean, 
I can't fix it for you. Obviously, that's not my job, but I do want you to prioritize yourself. And if you feel like you can't do that, then tell me how I can support you to do that, right? Is there anything I can do? Um, I don't know. I, I am also really struggling and this, I'm, I'm struggling with the shallow side of this. I'm just going to be super honest because again, as somebody who was on the other side of it, um, there was a point where, and it wasn't just the physical, it wasn't just the like, oh, I've gained weight. It was like the whole perspective of like what that person was going through at the time made it really hard for me to be physically attracted to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that because I struggled. I mean, listen, I was also like 28. I, I had very little tools to even communicate it. And I don't think I did. I think I just shut down if I really remember correctly. and I just didn't say anything. Um, but I know that I really struggled to be physically attractive. And then I hated myself for the fact that mm-hmm. I struggled to be physically attracted to him. Right. So it wasn't like I was just being a bitch about it. I really struggled with that. I felt awful. Um, but it was the reality of it. And then he felt that right. And then that made him feel worse and that turned into its own cycle. So there, I mean, that's real. Yeah. I think what I'm struggling with is I'm listening and I understand so much of what you're saying. And a lot of this is like, easy to say in retrospect, or like when you're not like in the space of like, I'm in a relationship with Mm -hmm. someone and I'm feeling like the visceral response, but there is a little bit, even in this person's question, even the Mm -hmm. way that you're talking about, like communicating to your partner, like, I want you to get somewhere with your body and with your Mm -hmm. feeling about yourself that I want you to be, that Mm -hmm. I feel very like a visceral response of, is that what you want? Because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I still believe like, we really need to really start challenging these ownership templates of partnership in that like that person has the right to bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. in all facets. That person has the right to show up in this life and in their energy that they want to be in. Mm -hmm. And if that's not where they are and like I, for no other reason really, then I don't know someone that we get to like pull out of a depression if that's Mm -hmm. not what they're interested in doing or you know, really getting them on board with where we think they need to be. I think that we all have a need for inspiration and respect from our partners, but I don't think people get into that space for us because we totally. we feel like that's where they need to be. And so it becomes, I can be really curious about where you are. I can communicate the truth of what this brings up for me, but it has to be like that person's buy-in. And I, I think like for me, when I like got to the place where I was ready to start um, really shifting where I was and what I felt about myself and how I was in relationship with myself and in my body, it was like from such an internalized, like internally motivated place. Mm -hmm. And I think that no matter what, if it had come from some external source, it would have been met with resistance, I guess, is what's coming out. Yeah. And I could not agree more. I think that the struggle that I had and that probably kept me in the relationship longer than I probably should have been was the back and forth and like self-hatred that I felt around. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, he seemed so married to his suffering. He was Mm -hmm. so invested in his suffering. And so I I did hit a point where I was like, listen, like you do you, right? I don't want to change you. If this is what you, if your suffering is what you want to be in a relationship with right now, and that's your choice, then that is completely okay for you to choose. But I choose to not stay in this relationship anymore. Right. And I did make that choice, but not after, not until after a ton of self-hatred around what kind of monster leaves someone 
when they are in a dark place, right? And so I do think that that is a struggle because I've been in it that a lot of people will go through. It's like, and this is, you know, we're t- we, we started going into this through weight, but also just like depression, right? Like somebody's struggling. And I get a lot of those questions too. You know, my partner's, my partner's been in a depression for X amount of time. How do I support them? I don't know what to do. You know, it's really taking a toll on our relationship. Um, and that's why this is so tricky because it's a yes and. There's no black and white. There's no right answer. There's no easy fix or simple solution, you know, none of that. Um, I was in that struggle for years. How long do I wait? How long do I try helping when they don't want to be helped? Right. And I was getting sucked down into it with them until I finally was just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, yeah, it's not an easy place to be in. (laughs) And I think what you're describing is the struggle of codependency Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, like they say in 12 step, it's not easy, but it's simple. And I do think Mm -hmm. it's kind of black and white. It's no, this isn't easy, but it's also like, it's not unclear what is happening. Do you know what I mean? It's like the codependent template is you go down, I go down with you because that's love. I disagree. I think it's like, you know, I'm not going to go down with you Mm -hmm. and have that be love. Um, and I'm not going to be in a space where there is not life force and connection and authenticity and things I can't say to you in this relational container because I'm afraid that you will be hurt. I actually don't think that's me loving you. I think that's me, you know, in the space of enabling, that's me not believing in your resilience and in your ability to stand up on your two feet. So yeah, I think there's so many things that we will say, it's just, it's not easy. And of course, and it doesn't mean that we are serving that person by not doing the hard thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, as you're saying that, I didn't sit around and I did live my life. And there was a lot going on for me at that time that was exciting. And I was pursuing other passions and I went back to grad school and like there was so many things happening for me and there wasn't as many things happening for him. And I think... Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever, I'm putting words into his mouth, right? That he never actually said, but it did feel a lot of times like, because you won't go down with me, mm. that somehow means that you're, you don't love me or you're not a good partner to me. Right. And I did, even back then, I adamantly would not play that game. Right. I was like, listen, I'm here and I try my best to be supportive. If you don't want my support, that's okay. That's your choice, but I'm not going to sit around and wallow in this with you. Right. And I think he got angrier at me for that. Um, Mm. which I mean, obviously, you know, we ended up breaking up, but I think what you're saying is really spot on, which is also, um, that doesn't always necessarily mean that you have to leave the relationship, right? Like if you don't feel like you want to leave the relationship, then don't leave the relationship. But I do think like, if we're going back to this question, um, you know, if I was this person's partner, I, I would probably communicate like, hey, you know, how are you? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, I feel like you're struggling. And I would I would offer support. And also if this person is in the place that they're in and that's just where they're at on their journey, right? And it's manifesting as weight gain, um, that other person still needs to live their life and do their thing and maybe not focus so much on that other person. And to your point, allow them to either come around or not, but just to be in the space that they're in. Right. Yeah. You know, I think we are just so used to enmeshment and that, um, the worst thing in the world is that this will end or that like this container will not be what it is currently. It will change form. And I think I tell couples all the time, 
Um, I think it is each of our responsibilities to chase after the biggest, boldest, most beautiful life we can possibly live. And the relationship will either rise to meet you there or it will fall away as it's meant to. But we're so busy oftentimes attempting to control and fix Mm -hmm. and manipulate um, other people. And I would say, you know, if I had this couple in front of me with the person talking about um, this person's weight, very rarely do I find that we are fixated on someone else and what they need to change when it's not a distraction from the things that we aren't addressing within ourselves. Right. So I would say like, how's your life, brother? Like what's going on with you? How you living? Um, because normally I think that that's just like a place we fixate our energy to like avoid some of the things we don't want to look at within ourselves. And I think that if I'm to the point you were making really thriving and having a ton of things happen for me, um, things will will meet the point that they are meant to meet. But I think it's not our job to attempt to control whether or not something is meant to go the distance. It's our job to control what is within our control, which is ourselves. Yeah. I, I know too that there's going to be some people listening, you know, classic kind of Al-Anon conversations around like, yeah, but like, yeah, but what if this person is a drug addict? Yeah, but what if they'll literally die if I don't take care of them? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. And I I mean, I heard a lot of that in Al-Anon, which I started going to in the midst of that relationship that I'm talking about, right? Because I knew I was struggling with a lot of that control and a lot of like fixating on him and us versus fixating on myself, right? And what I could control. Um, but I have heard that before too. And I, I think as painful and as hard as it is to hear what you and I are, I are saying still holds up. It's, it's still the same thing, right? It's still like, you don't get to decide if this person thrives or doesn't. You don't even get to decide if this person lives or dies. I mean, ultimately we are our own autonomous beings and we have free will. And if that's what I choose on my path in this moment, then I have to let that person choose that for themselves. And that sucks to hear. And I remember so many times in Al-Anon, people getting really mad when somebody leading a group would say something similar. And I know there's a lot of anger that comes up around that because I've heard it myself too, but I think we still stand by that, that, that same thing. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And if you get mad, I think you should think about why that makes you mad. I think that if there's activation, there's information. And I think normally if I don't, find any like truth in something or like that doesn't resonate in terms of where I am, then it's not activating to me. But I think the difficult truth about codependency is when we have decided what the trajectory of another person's life should look like, Mm -hmm. that is me playing God. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how this person may need to go through every bit of struggle and pain that they are going through. And frankly, how you staying in this relationship or this situation in the container that it is currently in might be robbing them of the rock bottom or the, you know, opportunity to really have to be confronted with looking themselves in the mirror that they need to actually do the difficult thing. And I think that that's, you know, again, that's that God complex within us. I am the only one who can save them. And if I'm not here to save them, they could die. Well, then maybe that's not for you to decide because you're not God. And I know, again, that's, yeah, but that is the bigger truth. That is the role that you feel in that moment that you are meant to play in that person's life. And I just don't think that's true. Yeah. Amen. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And also like if you've gotten yourself set up into a situation where you are God to this other person and without you there, they will die. What have you done to them? Mm -hmm. Right? Like how is that a service to somebody else to make it so that they're 
whether they exist or not is dependent on somebody else. Like that is not beneficial. That's not beneficial to anybody, right? We have to be able to feel it in ourselves and be able to reach down into ourselves and find resiliency in ourselves. Um, because ultimately it's like, we always say like, if that's, if you've created that kind of God complex and you have somebody that relies on you that much, what happens if you get hit by a bus tomorrow and you're not there, then what does that person do? Let's be clear. That's not about them. That's about you. It's about you. That's Mm -hmm. about your inability to sit in the discomfort of what if they get hit by a bus tomorrow? That's not about your love for them. That's about your inability to sit with fear. So Mm -hmm. again, let's take ownership of why we're doing the thing that we're doing, you know? I feel like we just had a good Al-Anon conversation. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our unsolicited Al-Anon meeting. <laughs> it feels like back when I was in meetings. That felt nice. <laughs> um, it works well, if you work it. <laughs> that's true. Uh, also, y'all, somehow it all comes back to codependency <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> because it's all codependency. <laughs> Ultimately, it all comes back to the same place. Well, well, thank you for listening, well. and we'll be back again with another Q and A soon. <laughs> Probably talking about go to bed. Always, sorry, not sorry. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy the Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.